Together. This no, is Laura, what. You don't say together. But it says together on the thing. Yeah, but see the colon. You say what's after the colon. This Let's try it again. Okay. Just pretend that you can't see that. Tell Ready? Me. Okay. One, one, two, three. Colon. This is Laura. No, you don't say colon. Why like, did you? Why did you say a punctuation mark? You just skip. Just pretend you can't see any of that. Just to get like, just pretend it starts on the okay, word okay, this. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. This is Laura and Corey. Why aren't you talking? You told me to pretend I couldn't see anything. No, until we get to this. Okay, so I'm gonna say three, two, one. Then we start on this. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Do you want to count off? No, I'm scared. Okay, three, two. One. This, this is, is Laura and Corey from, from the new hit show, Houston. And Sci-Fi Saturday Night is called. And Sci-Fi Saturday Night is tense. You're so smart. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess and take that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, the only podcast to guarantee that if you listen, you'll get to hear stuff. Perhaps some interesting stuff again this time. This week, it's episode 470. That's right. Bearing in on that elusive 500. 500 is a magic number. Uh, We have, have a very, 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 very magical show. Planned for number 500. I, I, I'd i like to hint to you what it's about, but I can't because I'm lying because we've got nothing planned for it yet. <laughs> but when we do, it'll be good, I promise. Uh, Cam, Cam, tell them we've got something promised, something really good for it. Cam, oh, come on. Of, of course we do. So let me just let me just put it out here for you. So. It's going to start with this massive fireworks display, multiple different colors. Carrots and audio. No, 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 wait, wait, let me finish, let me finish. Then you have the dancing girls, followed by ponies running on their back. What? This is not a video podcast. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Cancel the ponies. Keep the dancing girls. We'll deal with that later. Yep. We're still in pandemic mode, and, and because of the need for uh, social distance, distancing, blah, 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 blah. be nice if I could talk, and the clogging of the inner tubes and the World Wide Web sucks, uh, and the world is in a slightly less dark place than it was three weeks ago. Uh, people are getting needled, and hopefully the pandemic is getting slightly better, and the Days are getting slightly longer, and there's a little more sunlight every day than there was before. There's a foot of snow on the ground, and I hate the winter, and it's cold and sucks here in Area 51 because it's cold, and I hate the winter. Did I say that I hated the winter? I think I said that I hated the winter. 
And this was it. another week that I didn't have to read a 300-page novel about dead people, which is always nice. We have been reading too many gothic horror novels lately. We've got to like find a way to spin this and read some like pure get, get see has Jeffrey Carver written anything new lately? We got to get Jeff back on the show. We talked to Jeffrey Carver on the show and and or or a science fiction author, you know, about like rockets and and space guys and and stuff and we haven't done that. We need to do that. But 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 but, but we're not. So we got a comic book guy on tonight. And we got a guy who not only writes comic books but uh, owns his own comic book company and he, he likes comic books and doesn't draw them but he writes them and he has guys and he owns his own comic book company and in Area 51 we kind of like guys like that uh, and he does way too many things he's got three or four different comic book lines he's he's doing an Indiegogo campaign for uh, one comic book. Uh, 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 I guess it's a trade paperback that's that's going to be happening. He's also talking about another one that he started to do on one uh, uh, independent platform and then stopped doing it. And we're going to talk about why that happened and what's going on with that one. Then he's got a bunch of other comic books on his on his on his website and we're going to talk about those that are happening and we're going to talk about who this guy is and the guy's name is brian menard brian welcome to sci-fi saturday night thanks very much it's an honor to be here thank you for having me okay first of all it's not an honor you're here <laughs> i get that but I, I, thanks, thanks for pretending it's an honor and that's fine and we'd like that uh, let's talk about the name of your company, which is? It's Dojo Kun Comics. And the Dojo Kun are the five rules of the karate dojo because I'm a karateka. Okay, we're getting off to a very weird start here. <laughs> because there are maybe 15 or 20 people out there who know, besides me, what a karateka is. So please explain to the world. Okay, I'm a student of karate. I'm a okay, I would have guessed that, but my chances would have been wrong. So how and, long uh, have you been in the world of the belts, as they call it? Well, as I nobody but me calls it, but whatever. I started in college, so it's been a couple days since I'm in my 50s. <laughs> <laughs> what made you take up uh, the world of karate? Oh, you know what? Interestingly, at college, we had to have a phys ed requirement it was a phys ed oh, credit take. and yeah back when they used to require that and um i had already been a lifesaver so swimming was out and i don't know karate sounded interesting so yeah i really liked it yeah they did that I, I i was at a private school in high school and they forced that on me too and uh, uh i i took uh, judo and I was the only non-Chinese in my judo class for two years. It was one of the more interesting experiences of my life. I can imagine. Uh, because not only was 
the only non-Chinese person there. I was the only one who didn't speak Chinese. Uh, and none of them spoke English, including oh. the instructor. Oh, it that must have been complicated. Very, very interesting. Oh, <laughs> it was a brutal first year. Second year was a little easier, but a brutal first year. So, yeah, um, a lot in common there, which brings us uh, to talk about the South, the, the Asian flair that you bring to the work of your company, the, the, the comics that you bring out have a dis distinct uh, Southeast Asian flair to them because, and he'll let you finish the sentence, dot, dot, dot. Oh, yes, I was just going to say that, um, yeah, you're right, the, particularly <laughs> the, the trade paperback that's about to be launched on Indiegogo. And the name of that trade paperback is? It's Siamese. And Siamese are uh, twin Chinese-American athletes who um, they are super dexterous. They have claws. They have night vision. They are martial artists, as you might imagine. And um, this trade paperback collects issues one through four, which are pre-published. Um, it's going to have a lot more features in it, though, because I don't want it just to be the four of them combined. For those people who already bought the floppies, I'd like them to be excited about the trade paperback, too. So there will be extra features in the trade paperback. And, the, of course, the campaign, following the example of a lot of campaigns that I've been studying, have a lot of extra add-ons and perks, and there will be stretch goals. And it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's been a labor, but it's a labor of love because this is something I love doing. Uh, my comic book company has been around for about six years now. And um, I've published 12 comic books without crowdfunding. So this is my first foray into crowdfunding with one slight exception, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, uh, Siamese um, hopefully will launch within the next two weeks. I've got a trailer being done professionally. I have a, uh, a variant cover being done that's going to be a hardcover that will be one of the um, pledged tiers. I'll have several other variant covers, which are already all complete. And then um, there'll be... There'll be interesting perks like uh, a challenge coin with Siamese on one side and the Dojo-kun label on the back. There will be interesting uh, collector's items like uh, poker chips and um, prints. And I'm hoping if we get to the high enough stretch goal, even action figures. That one's kind of spendy, though. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> it's interesting when you put one of these crowdfunding events together, how to know where these, these different goals are going to, what's going to work, what isn't going to work, and what's just silly. And <laughs> 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 they're done that. Uh, yeah. So, the 
book itself is going to be the first four issues with extra content. That's what right. kind of extra content are we talking about? Well, we're talking about some of the behind the scenes original art um, sketches, some fan art. In fact, I've got a fan art contest going right now. Um, and uh, so far, I've gotten a few entries. The top five entries will be will appear in the trade paperback. And the the top entry, if you will, the one that wins, as far as a couple of judges are concerned, will get uh, one of the reward tiers for free. Very nice. Very nice. So if somebody has already bought through either uh, from the from your website, either the print version or the e-version, by buying the trade paperback, they're still getting more value than than by than they already have. Yes, absolutely. I'm really going all out to make this something really special. And that's what's going to make it different from buying just the "Hey, look, I've got the book of the whole thing" kind of deal. Right. What yeah, made you? Be... Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say what. Uh, it would have been real simple to just throw the four books together and call that a trade paperback. But, you know, I've also been a comic book buyer for 47 years, and I really feel that when they put something extra in the trade paperback, it 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 brings something special to the table. And I'm likely to buy the trade paperback, even if I already have the four floppies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been there, done that. <laughs> Way too many damn times. But, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. What made you decide to do this? I mean, you've been you you you've got a stable of comic books. You, your website has them laid out. You've got a lot of stuff sitting in your pipeline right now. What made you decide to go the crowdfunding route and do a trade paperback? Well, although I'm not new to comics as you just described, I am new to the crowdfunding. Uh, arena, if you will, and I'd really like people in the indie comics community to become familiar with what I have and maybe, in addition to Siamese, maybe branch out and try a few of my other titles. Um, and we'll talk about several that are in the queue that will be follow-ups. In fact, actually, if you don't mind, I'll touch on one right now. Siamese is a four-issue miniseries, and it leads into the next four-issue miniseries, and number one of that four-issue miniseries is almost done, and that series is called Deanna, Hammer of the Angels. She's Heaven's Disciplinarian, and uh, a lot of what's set up in the Siamese series leads into Deanna. Those four issues will be coming out as soon as I can crank them out, and then those four will lead into an ongoing team book called Trident's New Alliance. So uh, what will happen at that point is there will be 11 members of that team by the time these two miniseries are done, and they will be like the core team of my uh, superhero universe. Not like you're planning ahead or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. I've, I, I sometimes can't even write fast enough to get these ideas down. I'm not trying to sound conceited, but it's like I've got all these ideas that I've been uh, you know, pent up for, for years and um, just ready to to get it out there and finding the time and resources now to do it. 
You know, there's no better time to try and put stuff like this together than during a pandemic when you're pretty much locked in and there's nothing else you can possibly damn do. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. I mean, I've do all of this electronic shit done that is just unbelievable. Right. Is that really been the case, seriously, that this has just afforded you the time to be able to lock yourself in, to be able to get the planning in place to be able to do things like this? Yes. You know, largely it's because my one-way commute to work is two to two and a half hours. So not having to do that right now gives me additional four to five hours a day. So as soon as I sign out of my day job, I can get back to work on my, my comics. Yeah. Is when I decide to, to to shut off the Today Show, then my commute's over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm jealous of retirement. I'll get there. <laughs> Is it? You know, I have to walk up the stairs and 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 turn on the external hard drive, and I'm fine. I'm in, I'm at work. Um. So I started looking at the comics, and I'm going, okay. So you've got this one. Kind of superhero team, and I, and I get where they're at, and I get what they're doing, and I'm understanding that, and I'm understanding what this first Indiegogo campaign is going to be about. And then I started looking at the work, and I realized you're not an artist, and you're not an inker, and you're not a colorist. You're a writer. That's right. And you're a manager. (laughs) Yes, it's like herding cats, but I literally have a staff that works with me from around the world. And I don't say that as an exaggeration. I have someone in New Zealand, someone in the Philippines, several in the Philippines, actually. I have Indonesia, Italy, Spain, Russia, Argentina, Brazil, Barbados, Canada, the U.S., um, got to be hell on the W9s, let me tell you. <laughs> off the bat. But, I mean, realistically, uh, you know, uh, that happens more often than you might want to believe right now uh, with, with, uh, with the way things are being put together. There's, there are two ways comics get made. And there's, there's the one-man band show. And that's the guy who is is not the one who is the one trick pony. He's the artist. He's the writer. Uh, he and and he he can put it all together and do it all himself. I've made several good friends lately on YouTube streams that can do exactly that, and I got to give them kudos. It's on amazing. The other hand, on the other hand. They don't know the pains that I have of trying to get all this stuff done. <laughs> they can do it when they want to do it. If they want to yell at the writer, they can. <laughs> exactly. They can look in the mirror. Right. <laughs> um, on the other hand, you know, about four or five years ago, I got introduced to a really good, by a really good friend of mine. And I said, how the hell is this happening? He goes, well, uh, you know, I shoot off an email to my friend in, in, uh, in uh, India, and I say, okay, this doesn't work. Here's why it doesn't work. And then we argue about it. I said, how the hell do you argue about it? He <laughs> says, it's not easy, but we do. And what comes out of it is, is 
a new way that these comics are coming together because the idea of the the mighty Marvel bullpen is really because of the pandemic now existent. Yeah, it's a thing of the past. And when slash if it ever comes back, it's going to look very different and it's going to be very different. Um, but I mean, through through things like, you know, all these different Internet ways of communicating and documenting and and co- cooperatively working. Um, things can weirdly get done in ways that we two years ago didn't think could happen. How did how did you find your team? You know, I'm, first, I'd, I'd like to say that I've been very fortunate only to have had a few that were bumps in the road. A lot of the folks that I found have been great to work with, very cooperative, and despite sometimes having a language barrier, doing really well working together. To find my team, though, there's been a couple of different avenues. One, of course, is on Facebook. I've joined a lot of uh, comic book collecting groups, comic book art groups, and indie comic groups. But in addition to that, I found a site called ZWOL, Z-W-O-L dot org. And that site is all about putting writers, artists, colorists, letterers, and inkers, maybe even flatters too, together uh, in a forum where they can find one another and work together. Um, and it's been a gold mine for me. And I don't mind telling, you know, telling folks out there that that's a great place to look. You'll, you'll find people of all levels of skill and, of course, all levels of price. Um, so look for what you can afford and, and always go for the best you can afford because the the more quality you put into these books, the more of a following you'll get. Uh, customer service is super there? important. What, what do you find there? Um, yeah, what do you find there? I, I find that uh, a lot of folks are from overseas. That's where I, a lot of these folks are, uh, you know, that I'm putting together this um, international staff and um, – you know, various cultures and all that. But um, at the same time, there's some folks from the U.S. there that uh, just looking for commissions. And I can't say that I hire these folks full time. It's almost always on commission. But, you know, I've got a non-disclosure agreement and a contract so that um, they know they're protected or at least they have a, a certain level of confidence that they are. And my payment method is uh, different than the two companies I worked for before. Two companies before said they promised a back-end percentage, and I'm sorry, but that's that's a, a long wait for a train that don't come. For for my company, I tell them, I don't ask you for a page until I have the money to pay you. When I already have the money, I ask you for the next page, and you produce it, but you only give me a low-resolution copy so that you know I can't really use it for printing. What that does is that protects me knowing you've done the work. Now I pay you. Now you are sure you've got your money and you send me the high resolution. So it's a, it's a no risk game for either one of us. You know that you'll get paid because you're not going to give me the high resolution I can print yet. And I know that you're not going to run off with my money because you've spent the time to do the work. Why on earth wouldn't you send me the high res? You know, so it's worked out very well and everyone seems to really like that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. 
I've got to keep things above board. Uh, and one of the reasons is uh, I have to maintain my certifications. And if you don't mind, that would be a perfect segue into the next section where we talk about the shifter. Yeah, you, let's let's talk a little bit about what you mean when you say I have to maintain my certifications. Okay. One of the things that has always bothered me in working with writers, and I work a lot with writers, is that when with writers and artists, if somebody's putting together a short story anthology, uh, the person who's putting together the anthology will say to them, hey, I'm putting this together. Uh, I'd love for you to be a part of it. And they ask then, okay, so uh, what's the pay? And the answer is, well, it'd be really good exposure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't do And that. thank you for laughing at that because that's such a line of shit. It's ridiculous. Exactly. I've heard it. I've seen it. And I will not perpetrate that on people. No, my, uh, my books. There are too many people who buy that line of shit. Yeah, and, I'm sorry to hear that. And it, And it's my belief, and it's always been my belief, that if somebody's going to put out money, if somebody's going to say to me, I'm a writer, this is how I make my living, and I'm going to say to them, I want your short story to be part of my book, uh, but I'm not going to pay you for it, then right. one of us is a jerk and the other one is naive, and I'm the jerk. <laughs> yes, if that's your route. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've never been, I've, I, I've been, a, I've, I've seen people do it and I've, I've talked people out of, out of, of participating in, in spec items like that, because I just think it's a horrible idea. And, and it's, it's a, a horrible way for people to, to try and do things. Um, so, so tell me about where you were heading with what you were saying. Okay. Yeah, in my day job, before I start working on comics in the evening, I'm a certified fraud examiner, certified internal auditor, certified internal controls auditor, a certified anti-money laundering specialist, and I'm certified in risk management assurance. So in order to keep all of those current, I need to make sure that all of my business dealings, whether it's while I'm at work or while I'm at home putting comics together, are above board. There will be nothing that's not transparent. Everybody's going to get paid if I say they're going to get paid. It's just I, I have to, and it's it's really the way I operate, so it fits well. How the hell did you get into that? <laughs> <laughs> well, straight out of high school, I became a proofreader at an accounting firm, and I was enamored with the partners. I thought they were great. Of course, I was pretty young and naive at that time, but I thought that someday I would be a partner at that firm. You know, life takes its turns and it's you know twists and challenges and all that and somewhere along the way i was a disc jockey for a couple of years at an oldie station in indiana so you know the best laid plans of <laughs> mice and men um but uh yeah when i came back to michigan after being in indiana for a while i went back into accounting and then it just went from accounting to audit and then from audit to anti-money laundering Whew. 
My yeah. God. Wow. It's a weird series of jumps across the chessboard, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's been a whirlwind. <laughs> which which takes us to how we originally got to know you through Kickstarter. Yes, let's talk about that for a minute. So uh, I'll back up a little bit. My fiance read a series of books, a trilogy of novels, called The Healing Wars by Janice Hardy. Mm-hmm. And if I had to give you uh, an, an analogy, I would say that they're a lot like The Hunger Games or Divergent. And um, they are, I'll be honest, aimed toward young adults. But after having read them, she said, you know what? You know, I, I think you'd really like these. They're a pretty quick read. Why don't you give it a try? I loved them. They were so well-conceived. The world-building is fantastic. Janice is brilliant. And... Um, I happened to mention it to one of my best friends, a fellow karate student named Steve. And Steve said, uh, are you serious? I work with Janice's husband, Tom. <laughs> I'm like, what, for real? <laughs> so Steve said, yeah. And I said, I would love to adapt these into a graphic novel form. Can you put me in touch with Janice? And sure enough, Janice was excited about that. Now, at the time, I worked for a different comic book company. There are a couple small press companies I worked for before. Um they truly don't know how to carry the ball, so they dropped it a few times, and the project was nixed. But when I started my own company, I let a couple of years pass, and then I got back with Janice, and I said, listen, I know you might have been left with a bad taste in your mouth from those previous uh, companies, but I want you to know that that's not, that's not how I operate. So she and I talked for a while, and she's once again excited. We've worked out a, a contract and a license to adapt her trilogy of called The Healing Wars into um, graphic novels by my company. I sent her several uh, adaptation scripts. She had some input, but she loved them. She's excited to see this be put to a comic book page. And um, so we got going. I got an artist uh, who actually did the last two issues of Siamese. He's great to work with. He's a gentleman named Zilson Costa from Brazil. And um, wow, does he do a great job interpreting my script and, and turning it into comic book pages. I mean, there are times where I've got not a single change when he sends me the page. It's like, dude, I'm trying so hard to find something to tell you to change, and there's nothing. It's perfect. Please go the, to inking. Yeah, the images, <laughs> you, the images you sent us, Brian, of this comic look amazing, and I can't wait for people to see this because he's, the art is just yeah. fan-freaking-tastic. He's, he's great. Um, he has worked with a, another writer named Dan Sen from Argo Comics, and uh, Zilson did his comic called Nature Boy. And I don't mind plugging him. Dan's a good friend. So, um, yeah, Zilson is is really someone to uh, admire his – oh, and not only his skill, but his speed. Wow, he's fast with this stuff too, which is great. That helps me a lot. So what we did is we put together a team for the shifter. And um, so I've got Zilson from Brazil. I have H.G. Tobalina from Spain. She's our colorist. And uh, also very good. She's a perfectionist. She's got a million questions when I send her a page. And she keeps apologizing for being a pain. And I'm like, no, not at all. If you're trying your best to give this the best quality, I appreciate it. So ask away. Um, And then from Argentina, Matthias Zanetti is our letterer. And uh, although he's not lettered for me before, I've seen some of his work and I really like it. So uh, I reached out to him and he's excited for it. In fact, he's champing at the bit to get uh, 
the first few pages in his hands. What I did for the, the Kickstarter, which we'll talk about in a minute, I, I had uh, Zilson and HG put together several pages, some of the more exciting pages, so I could put them on the campaign to show people what they're going to get. In the interim, though, I've learned that it's really better to have much more of the pages done so that when it comes time for fulfillment, the pledgers, the backers don't have to wait very long for the book. So despite the fact the campaign's on hold, we're, we're forging ahead with the pages. So I've already got Zilson uh, cranking him out from page one, and we're going to get as many done as we can before the, the campaign even launches a second time. Um, so, yes, you, you okay, got to we're know getting me. a little oh. bit ahead of the story because <laughs> okay. we're getting a little bit ahead of the story because what happened with the Kickstarter Kickstarter project was uh, let me jump in here because a mutual friend of ours said to me, We know this guy who's got this Kickstarter for a thing called the Shifter that looks really cool. I'd like you to have him on the show. It just started. Let's see what we can do to get this moving. And we took one look at it. We said, this looks cool. And it's within hours of us contacting you to do it. It had been canceled. That's right. And we and went, what <laughs> the hell? Yeah. Hell is right. Um, so, so, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Uh, a friend of mine who had a campaign on Indiegogo for a fantastic book, somebody in Kazakhstan copied every bit of that campaign from Indiegogo and posted it on Kickstarter as if it was their own. Now, you, that's not Kickstarter's fault, I understand, but when it was noticed by my friend and several others, we immediately reported it to Kickstarter. In fact, perhaps even as, as many as a dozen of us contacted Kickstarter and said, please understand that is not that person's work. This is our friend's work and you need to take it down. Kickstarter's reply was that does not violate our terms of service. And we're all like, what? Excuse me? How does that not violate your terms of service? It's a fraud. When they refused to do anything about it, I said to my friend, listen, I'm a certified fraud examiner. When I come across fraud, I'm obligated to report it and get it taken care of. So when Kickstarter refused to take it down, I went to the Federal Trade Commission. I said, in my capacity as a certified fraud examiner, I've identified a fraud. I need to bring it to your attention. So far, no one's lost any money because as a Kickstarter, you don't get uh, right. You know, your money's not taken until it succeeds. And they only at that point had five backers. But that means he had already fooled five people into thinking it was his own product. Um, and I said, so we've got a potential fraud, you know, underway right now. Kickstarter refuses to take it down. So they're culpable in this fraud, in my opinion, since it was already brought to their attention. And, the, and within hours, within three hours, it was taken down. But that's what it took. Yes. So um, I have. Well, lost... now I know. Now I know who I need to talk to if I have a problem. Yes. <laughs> I, if, if you bring fraud to my attention, I, I got to do something. I don't know how much I can help, but I'll do what I can. Wow. 
So in retaliation for their lack of commitment to honesty? Integrity. Okay. I said, I, I can't find myself working with a company. I can't abide by this. If this is how they operate, I want nothing to do with them. So I canceled my Kickstarter campaign and uh, the shifter will be revamped a little bit. The campaign will be worked on a little bit and it will relaunch probably in the spring. Ah, okay, good, good, good. Because I'm really looking forward to this one because the series looks, yeah, like I said, just searing. The art on this series looks absolutely amazing. We are so excited to put it together. We still are. We're still passionate about it. We're going to, you know, and, and another thing too is we had originally made it a 150 page trade paperback or, you know, sorry, not trade paperback, graphic novel. And I think in some ways, that's a little much. People would see the amount that I'd be looking for for that, and they would balk at it. They would say, you know what, that guy's never going to reach funding, so there's no point in backing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to break that up into a few smaller chunks uh, so people can, number one, feel confident that it'll get backed. Number two, that it'll get fulfilled, and they'll see They'll have it in their hand. They'll be excited by the, the quality of the book how we put it together, how we, you know, promptly fulfill, and then they'll be ready to uh, back the next section. So you're going to actually do it the, in, the, in the same way that she wrote it as three novels. Uh, we had originally planned to do it that way. Um, my, my proposal to her was three five-issue miniseries five issues for each of the novels. But she and another person said, you know what? I think that the graphic novel is really the way to go. So we tried it that way, but really when we price it all out, it's very spendy. Given the amount we're paying for the creative staff, the marketing that would be required, um, you know, mailing and, and, and printing and all of the things. I did a lot of research before I put it out there. And when I came to the number, I was like, ooh, I don't know if everybody's going to be comfortable with that. So, um, I, I managed to convince the, the author of the novels that we should take a different track, and instead we're going to do uh, perhaps 48 to 60 page graphic novels and do a, a couple of them for each of the novel, uh, for each of the prose novels. Wow. That is, as you say on the website, an ambitious project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but we've got the We've got the excitement and the passion for it, and I'm ready. And she's got the readership for it. That she will does. hopefully bring their passion for the book to the visual. And it wouldn't hurt if Hollywood gets wind of this. Hint, hint. No, that wouldn't <laughs> hurt at all. That wouldn't hurt at all. And. Gosh, you know, I would love to get the chance to have her on the show as well to talk about this when this is ready to go. That would be hint, great. hint, hint. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, if you weren't going to hint that dumb, I was going to hint that maybe in the spring somebody should come back to let us know when this is if this is up and rolling. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Know, yeah. Like maybe have 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 the pair of you on. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking that if and only because a good friend of ours is also, you know, a part of this project as well. Uh, you know, I mean, we've only known Rusty Gilligan for what, 20 years? 15 <laughs> years. Close, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Rusty's a really good guy. He's one of those that's uh, been a mentor for me, giving me suggestions as far as the campaigns go. Oh, oh my God, you, you can't stop him from giving suggestions. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is a, I love that guy. I that's really true, do. that's true. <laughs> he, uh, he developed the logo for the comics. And um, yeah, he's a great help. He's, he's uh, a great resource. If you ever need a mentor or somebody to just sit next to you and go, hey, you know what? You might want to think about doing this. And, and he's just such a wonderfully nice guy about the way he does it as well. Yes. Uh, he's not makes, too overbearing, but he is confident. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can remember one convention when Rusty and I just sat and talked for an hour about nothing <laughs> about nothing and i don't know if we ever used more than 10 minutes of that as part of an interview but it was a great one hour about nothing oh and by the way who did who did the comic trading card set oh the trading card set um that's a, a number of different artists some of that was gilbert monsanto some of that skip out of um let's see who else is in there uh i'd have to have it in front of me to be able to tell you who all the artists were but there was four or five artists that contributed to that set and as far as putting the cards together that's me ah very nice so i mean you, you've got a lot of stuff coming down the pike here got a lot of different things you, you you need to learn to juggle just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never one to rest on my laurels. That's me. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. Nor should you. Because when, right. when you start doing that, you realize you're done. Yeah. I'm not if you're sitting that. back and you're going, yeah, I feel good now. No, 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 no. There doesn't. You you can ask him. There's not a week that goes by that I don't call him up and I go, what have we missed? We're missing something. What have we missed? Week. Because sometimes it's a day. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it may be one or two times a day. You're right. Uh, so you got new books coming up. You got new... Uh, graphic novels coming up you got the trading card set coming up you've got your apparel line in place <laughs> yeah yep i've got several people wearing those about town and getting questions about it so hopefully that'll prompt some purchases of the dojo kun uh shirt uh it's a nice simple design so it's not crazy wild and people can wear it uh and uh you know not be worried about self-consciousness or anything Hey, got to worry about that. You're not a geek. If you're not a geek. None of this shit's going to mean anything to you. That's so true. if you're not a geek, you're not even listening. doesn't matter. <laughs> we geeks don't give a crap. You should, you, what you should have on there right now, to be honest with you, is a mask. Uh, I see where you're going with that. Yes. In <laughs> fact, when I when I was looking at uh, add-on perks for the Siamese trade paperback, I was trying to find someone who would put together for me a Siamese mask. But good luck finding something like that, because all you're going to find is a face mask that covers the bottom half of your face. You're 
You're right. I tried so hard. I'm like, no, I don't. I, I know why those are out there. I don't want that right now. <laughs> that's not the right one, but that's okay. <laughs> right. Uh, another one that I have in the queue came at me kind of different. Uh, this person, his name is Arias Hernandez. He lives in the Philippines. And I asked him to do a pinup for me. He did a great job. And he said, hey, listen, um, he said it, of course, in Tagalog and then translated it for me. He said, would you be willing to publish my comic book under your banner in the United States? And I said, well, um, yeah, that's I, I don't mind creator owned uh, pieces of work. I've got several that I've done. So uh, send me over a page or two so I can see your work. And uh, we'll talk about it. Well, he sent me over a pinup of the main character that he calls Megun War. And he told me that that means a gang war. And that's the name she's adopted. But the art was just phenomenal. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me think about that a minute. Yes. <laughs> that took so, a long time, huh? Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, that that will if this is your caliber caliber of art. This will sell very well in the States. So he's ecstatic. I mean, he claims that he was in tears. He was so happy. I'm like, wow, dude. No, I mean, this is this is great stuff. He said he'll have to translate it for me because right now it's in Tagalog, the language of the Philippines. Right. And I said, well, uh, you're multilingual, obviously. So, you know, get it as close as you can to English. And then um, having been a proofreader in my past live and, you know, being an editor for for years now, I'll clean it up as far as grammar goes. You don't have to worry about that. And Find a good uh, letterer and go to town. This will be, a, yeah, this will be a great uh, collaboration. So he's been working feverishly, and I hope that that too will be released in 2021, or at least the first graphic novel, which I believe is 48 pages. And get this, he says he has 64 of them. Whoa! Wow, like, yeah, I'm looking at the. I'm looking Are at the cover kidding? right now. But it, it, <laughs> yeah, ahead, one of the things you said is the cover. Terrible it idea. Really nice. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. So it'll never sell. His experience is that he's a former Disney animator. He worked on Tarzan, Kim Possible, and The Lion King. Now, as you're probably oh. well aware. When when Disney puts out a, an animated feature film like that, they probably have dozens, if not hundreds, of animators. So it's yeah, not you, as if I could tell you screen after screen roll by of just like hundreds right. of animators. So certainly he's not the one who did The Lion King, but he's among them. So at one point Disney had you know extreme confidence in him, and whatever scene he did was you know seamlessly uh, enmeshed with the others. So yeah, he's got experience. He's got a a foundation in the Philippines where he teaches kids who are out of school, how to draw. He calls it the visualizer. Um, so I think he's about my age. So we, we understand each other, even though there's a little bit of a language barrier, but we're communicating pretty well. And um, I, I'm excited about this collaboration too. Well, you know, when, when you've got the beginnings of, 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 uh, of a city-state to build, you realize <laughs> that Rome wasn't built in a day, but uh, we certainly got the graphics from the Philippines. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and who is who is uh, Cody Conyers? Oh, Cody. Yeah, uh, he has been taking the indie comics 
uh, Realm by Storm. He's he's really recently just doing pinups for everybody. So unfortunately, I can't claim him exclusively. Otherwise, boy, would I? Because man, he his lines are so crisp, so clean. Um, he does perspective and anatomy, and wow, is he good? I think I think he's in the UK. But wow, what an artist! Yeah, got some of his work sitting on your website too. Yeah, so, he, uh, he did my. Uh, I'm gonna say that she's my flagship character, Deanna Hammer of the Angels. She is the second miniseries, as I mentioned. She's going to be the leader of the team that uh, will come out of the two miniseries. She will be the leader of Trident's New Alliance. So as you start bringing your new series out. Um, gosh, we expect to hear from you. Yes, sir. Each time something comes out, you know, um, you know, you could use a little help, uh, promoting that Indiegogo campaign and that, uh, we'll be right there with you. How's that? I truly appreciate it. It sounds like a plan, my friend. It sounds like, sounds like a good plan for a change. (laughs) You know, there are days that there are bad plans like when it's i don't know foot and a half of snow out there and not enough not enough uh on beijing to get you through the night and then there were good plans and good plan tonight has been talking with uh brian menard about how to very slowly build an empire <laughs> one comic at a time amen to that brother. brian <laughs> <laughs> been really good talking to you thanks for joining us on the show tonight thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it sci-fi saturday night is the official podcast of granite con plastic city comic con and the upper valley comic expo we are also sponsored by dreamforge magazine a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction and comic art house visit comic art house for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you could find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts, for more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watt sauce. We have, we love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus, do we all refute entropy? Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Good night, everybody.